Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Unveiling Grace podcast episode. We are delighted you are with us. Once again, Lynn and I have a guest. And before we get any further, my name is Joel Grote. And I'm Lynn Wilder. And today we have with us Adam Beatty. Adam Beatty is from Tennessee. Often we talk to folks in Mormon territory, but... um, Adam found his way to Jesus right there in Tennessee, and he's going to tell us about that today. Adam, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, yeah. So uh, I was a third-generation Mormon. Uh, My grandfather was uh, baptized in the church back in the early 1950s, and uh, they raised my dad and my uncle and my aunt in the church, and uh, then I was born into the church. uh, born into the covenant. Uh, my parents were sealed in the Frankfurt, Germany temple. <gasps> oh my wow. gosh, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, my dad was an uh, army veteran, 20 years. He was retired out of the okay. army. So, yeah. Huh. And uh, so I was born in the covenant and uh, raised in a very uh, uh, traditional Mormon household. And uh, we were very strong in the church. My grandfather actually... He read the Book of Mormon over a hundred times. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, basically, uh, my family was very instrumental in the, uh, the branch that was started here in Jamestown, Tennessee. And uh, then it became a ward. Uh, both my grandfather and my dad both were in the, either the branch presidency or the bishopric for several years. Okay. And you? You too were active, went on a mission. What? So uh, I did not go on a mission. That's kind of an interesting story itself. Um, when, whenever I was a teenager, um, I battled with a lot of depression. It was a, mm. um, a lot of a lot of dark times. My parents ended up being divorced uh, when I was nine years old, and oh, wow. that okay that, that caused me a lot of grief. Mm. Um, my dad had full custody of us and uh, got to visit my mom about once a week or something like that. And uh, uh, my dad remarried uh, him and his second wife. Uh, they went to the Nashville temple, were sealed for time and eternity. Um, but, you know, I, I still, you know, I wanted my mom. I wanted her at home. Mm-hmm. And I never really recovered from that at home. Uh, but what I did do during my teenage years was I devoted my time my effort my energy into the into the church and um, i would bear my testimony every fast and testimony meeting every time wow just like micah yeah that sounds like micah yeah yeah i i was on fire for the church um i went to all the dances that i could Uh, i was in scouts um you know i loved mutual on wednesday nights it was something that was just you know, a highlight of my week and then be able to, by the time I got the ironic priesthood, 
and uh, you know went from deacon teacher priest uh, you know it was it was an honor I I, I just loved you know uh, preparing uh, blessing and passing the sacrament it was uh, uh, you know it was the top uh, adventure I guess during, during those years <laughs> of my life I was so thankful and I felt honored to do those things uh, for mm-hmm. the church. And uh, I, I was on fire for the Lord. I was reading the Book of Mormon um, pretty much every day. Uh, and then, of course, four years of seminary. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I was just very devoted to the church growing up. So and did you, Adam, did you have brothers and sisters also? One brother. Uh, he's okay. four years older than me. All right. Yeah. And he did was he also... Did he also stay with your father then? Yes. So me and my brother okay. were both with, with our father uh, until we moved out. And uh, my brother wasn't as interested in the church and he wasn't as devoted to the church as I was. Okay. I, I was a I was a good little Mormon boy. And my brother was a, a little bit of a rebel. So. All right. <laughs> but that's a lot of responsibility on your shoulders for yeah. your generation, right? To stay yeah. faithful in the church. I understand my husband felt that way yeah 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 absolutely so it sounds like though you would have been on track to serve a mission that would have been the next step of faithful service as a as an lds young man so absolutely you want to tell us what happened there there's obviously (laughs) some kind of story yeah yeah okay so uh, i worked at dairy queen all through high school and i worked a lot of hours and uh for, for a high school kid, I mean, I made good money. And yep. uh, so work took a little bit of time away from me in the church. But if I wasn't at work, I was probably, it, you know, I did spend a lot of time with my friends at school, but I was probably doing something with church. And I had told everyone, I'm going on a mission. There's nothing that will stop me from going on a mission for the <laughs> Lord. And I would, I would bear testimony to that once a month. And, uh, and of course, everybody, uh, I was well-liked as a kid and, you know, everyone thought that I was just going to be a wonderful missionary. I was going to baptize a lot. A lot of people would say, I bet you're going to go overseas. You're probably going to go to Russia, you know, and I'd hear people say those sentiments quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. See. It's a cultural thing within Mormonism, yeah. right? Oh, if you're more oh, yeah. righteous, you go foreign mission, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, that's it's fascinating. True. It's true. And so, uh, obviously, you know, it takes quite a bit of money to go on a mission. And right. uh, my parents had told, well, my dad, my stepmother, my mom, she was excommunicated from the church. So she didn't actually have any activity with the church. My dad and my stepmom both told me that they couldn't afford to pay for me to go on a mission. I would have to do it myself. So working at Dairy Queen, you know, it was on my shoulders to work as much as I could, save up as much as I could to pay for it. So whenever I got to 18, I talked to my bishop and uh, he got me uh, the uh, mission papers to fill out. And I started feeling and it was overwhelming, all of the information that, that the church wanted inside. So I, I was sort of blown away. And he always wanted me to go to the doctor and go to the dentist and all these things. Yeah, have your wisdom and, teeth pulled and yep. 
by shoes yep. and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shoes wow. And, mm-hmm. So I ended up having to uh, have a consultation with the oral surgeon and they told me that I had four wisdom teeth. And, you know, I had to get all four of them removed and it was going to cost me, you know, close to two grand out mm. of pocket myself. And again, my parents were not willing to help. So now I'm looking at wow. somewhere around 11 grand or so that I'm going to have to pay out of pocket for a mission. Wow. As, as a kid, you know, <laughs> and that really, I started to struggle with that because, you know, here I was in high school, I was pretty popular, wanted to spend time with my friends, go out to eat with them, hang out, do things. And, um, so I, I was spending a lot of money. I was not saving like I should. So Bishop uh, called me into his office uh, one Sunday and asked me how things were going with my mission papers. And I told him, you know, I, you know, I, I need to get four wisdom teeth pulled and I've got to save all this money on my own. And I said, I'm, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, bothered by all that. You know, I'm like, it's a, <laughs> that's a tough, thing for somebody at that age to save that kind of money and he said well how much have you got and I told him you know well, I've saved up like 800 bucks and he was like you mean you've been working at Dairy Queen for two years and all you have is 800 dollars and I said well I mean I'm sorry it's, it's, it's all I've got. <laughs> and I'm wor- but I'm working on it I'm, I'm trying to save and uh, and he said I'm really disappointed and he went to tell me how his son had worked at save a lot the grocery store and yep. uh, he said he saved all his money for his mission, paid for it out all out of his own pocket, and mm. all that. And of course, that just made me feel like I'm less than. And, right. Uh, all those so, comparisons, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So much shaming yeah. in an attempt yeah. to get better performance out of people. Yeah. Absolutely. And wow. so I, fa- I failed. I failed miserably at saving the money that I should have. And uh, around this time that I'm, I'm starting to try to save more money, I met a girl. Her name was Ashley. And uh, <laughs> she uh, she rode my dad's school bus growing up. And uh, I remembered seeing her on the bus. We were in high school together. Then she got a job with me at Dairy Queen. And she flirted with me. I'd flirt back. But I was trying to get her hooked up with my best friend, DJ. And uh, she didn't want to go out with him. She let me know she wanted to date me. And I told her, <laughs> you don't want to like me. I'm about to go on a mission for two years. And if if I start dating you, I probably won't go on a mission. And, now, was well, she we, LDS? No, she was a free will Baptist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And did and, she know you were a Mormon? She, uh, uh, she did. Didn't know a whole lot about it. But then I quickly... Okay uh, explain to her the church, uh, uh, the first, uh, you know, lessons that the uh, missionaries would teach. I basically, uh, went over those lessons with her okay, and I explained to her the basics of the Mormon church. And she actually found some of it to be pretty, uh, you know, intriguing. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but she did not want to be pushed into it. And she made that clear. Uh, but during this time I fell head over heels in love with her. And, uh, so my sights were no longer being put on saving money for a mission. It was to be putting money back for a girl. (laughs) 
Yeah. That's sweet. (laughs) So you got married and didn't go on a mission. Yes. And she joined the church, I bet. I baptized her into the church. And and then we went to the temple, Nashville Temple, and we're sealed for time and all eternity. Wow. So can I ask, how old were you guys when you got married? Uh, I was... Uh, let's see here, a week and two days from being 21, and she okay. was 19. All right. She, tur- she turned 20. Uh, so, uh, let's see, it had been uh, five months and a week and a half, uh, and she turned 20. So, Okay. For the Christians listening, LDS often get married what Christians consider early, right? Yeah. Young, yeah. and particularly the group the girls a lot of times right out of high school and the guys right after a mission, typically about 21 or soon thereafter to keep them from moral sin and to uh, make sure you're married in the temple and you go on with having all those kids nice and young. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so, I mean, so how did that go? How were her parents with her marrying a Mormon? How were, well, I guess she yeah. converted before you got yeah. married, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. I told her I would not marry anybody that was not a member of the church. Mm-hmm. And I made it abundantly clear. Okay. But the thing is, love is powerful. She fell in love with me. And yep. uh, so she joined the church. All right. Yeah. Her parents were not happy about it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, it actually... Her parents got a copy of the Godmakers and tried to get her to watch it. And she refused to watch it. And they said, Ashley, you need to sit down and watch this and see what you're getting yourself into. And she told me about it. And I said, don't you even think about watching that. That is anti-Mormonism and it's garbage. You need to leave it alone <laughs> and walk away. And so she, she didn't watch it. And the rest was history. Uh, her parents, they were, they were gracious towards me, uh, but okay. they struggled a whole lot with her joining the Mormon, the Mormon church. Well, and especially not being able to go to your wedding. If you were married in the temple, they certainly yeah. weren't allowed to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, did they yeah. ever step into a conversation about why? I mean, did you ever talk about <laughs> faith? Doctrine? We did. We did. Uh, a lot of the things that they would bring up, I would, I would tell them you know, that that's anti-Mormonism and that that's not totally true. And that a lot of those things were, you know, misunderstood and that, you know, you'd have to be a member of the church who had, you know, been through the temple, read the Doctrine of Covenants and, and the Book of Mormon. And then you would begin to understand some of those things that you don't quite understand. And uh, now as you're saying that, did you know that what they were pointing out was true? I mean, they weren't misrepresenting Mormonism. Yeah. So at the time, there were a few of those things that I did know uh, were true. But I would always think to myself, those are from years past. They don't practice polygamy anymore. But in my mind, I would say, well, not living polygamy. They allow polygamy uh, for time in all eternity, mm-hmm. right? Uh, through, through temple marriages, but they certainly don't on earth anymore. 
so, but I would never explain that to them. So here's, here's another interesting thing, Joel, because just this week on Facebook, I had put in one of the discussion groups that we were asked not to read certain books or not to watch certain movies when I right. was Mormon. And all these Mormons said, oh, that's not true. The church oh, yes, never does that. Right. And I said, well, I, you know, I gave several examples. I don't know what it's like today, but in my life in the church, we weren't supposed to watch the God makers and I wasn't supposed to read, Mm -hmm. read Mormon murders about Mark Hoffman, but I did. Right. Right. I wasn't supposed to read the book Saints by Orson Scott Card because it was all about Joseph's polygamy, but I did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep. so I'm glad to hear you confirm that. Oh, Thank it's you. it's it's totally true. I mean, anybody can kid themselves and say it's not true, but it is. Yeah, and that's one of the things that we try to encourage Christians to be aware of when they're engaging with LDS people is there is this kind of LDS culture of deception where you're allowed to do like you did and say, well, that's just anti-Mormon rhetoric. That's yeah. Those are half-truths. Um, You don't know the full story. So that's not, you don't have that all right. And as long as your goal is to protect the image of the church, then yeah, you can kind of deny, obfuscate, gloss over. And and if Christians aren't aware of that, they'll just kind of be confused because like, well, I thought I could trust this book or I thought I could trust this video I watched, but now here's this Mormon telling me it's not true. So we try to help people understand there is this whole culture that where deception is. is acceptable and you just need yeah. to be aware of that. And not that you, um, the best thing, the best thing to do with that is simply to say, okay, well, what if I can document that? Would that make a difference? Uh, but yeah, it, yeah, it can be a hard thing. So yeah. you, you get married, she becomes a happy Mormon. Did she struggle with anything like in the early years of your marriage with the religion? How did that go? So, you know, she did pretty well growing in the gospel, okay. uh, Mormon gospel, I'll say. Uh, she uh, uh, did have questions about some of the doctrine that she would learn. And, you know, there were things, okay, right after she was baptized in the gospel uh, principles class, yes, uh, they taught about uh, how if you uh, go to the temple and uh, are sealed to your spouse for time and all eternity, and you keep your covenants that you make, that you'll attain the highest level of the celestial kingdom. And if by doing so, uh, you will become gods and goddesses and be able to create your own worlds. And the teacher actually said, my husband, because I love flowers so much, my husband is going to be creating a planet for me that's nothing but flowers and name the planet my name in memory of it or in honor of me. And I remember sitting there in that class and I'm like, no, this should not be <laughs> talked about. Even though I knew that was Mormon doctrine, I didn't right. want Ashley to hear that stuff yet. Right. And that this was, was way... so for no, some time context, this was like meet. back when? This is like, what year did you guys get married? This is 2004. Okay. So yeah, that was far enough back. There was still a lot more open talk about the whole having your own planet, yeah. becoming gods yeah. and goddesses. 
Within yeah. five to 10 years after that, a lot of that starts yeah. to diminish. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I'm partly why, because <laughs> I went, I went to the bishop and said, listen, we can't have a teacher teaching these deep doctrines in this kind of class. It doesn't need to be happening. We've got investigators in here. So we we need to. And so they actually released her and named me to be the teacher in that class. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was I was the world's worst to, you know, take some of the deeper doctrines and put them under the rug and say, listen, we don't need to. We don't even need to talk about that. Wow. Fascinating. So, so yeah. kids came along? Yes. Uh, three boys. All right. Um, so 2006, uh, our firstborn, Braden. Um, and, then, uh, and then in 2014, we had Parker. And then in 2016, we had Kaysen. Okay. And they were all born under the covenant. All right. And so at this point, She's got some stuff she's running into that may be a little bit troubling, but you're able to kind of go, well, don't worry about that too much. You know, yeah. you'll understand it better. Anything that you're running across that's raising some red flags or causing some unease or some doubt for you, especially um, now stepping into the role as a, as a teacher? Yeah, um, I did. I did start to hear about uh, some things with, with the church history around Joseph Smith. Okay. And it, it did start to trouble me. Uh, I uh, worked with a gentleman that told me, why would you think so highly of a man who was a drunk? And, and I thought, what are you talking <laughs> what? about? What do you, what do you mean a drunk? I mean, he was the, he was the prophet seer and revelator. He brought back the Lord's church to this earth. What do you He's mean? He's the one responsible drunk. for the word of wisdom. No coffee, tea, yeah. alcohol, or tobacco. What do you mean? And, and so and what I did probably, he show you? Um, he actually didn't show me anything. He just put that bug in my ear. So I started doing a little research, and I learned that when he was in Carthage jail that he smuggled uh, some liquor in the yeah. jail. And I thought, wait a minute. And he took his garments off? I thought you make a covenant to never remove them. Yeah. But that really bothered me. So I wanted to talk to my dad about it. And my dad was not going to hear it. He was not, he was not interested in talking about it at all. And of course, you know, the emotional feeling and he started crying. He was like, Oh no, he was a prophet of God, you know? And, and I was like, okay, I see that dad's not, not willing to hear that. And, Shortly after that conversation, we found out my dad had terminal cancer. Oh, wow. That's rough. Now, did he know that before the conversation or that's something that came out just, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, you were less likely to rock the boat? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And did he go to his grave still professing Joseph Smith? He did. So he what actually, happened to you? Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say at his funeral, he wanted the song, uh, uh, is it Oh My Father? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one that talks about Heavenly Mother. Right. Yes. He yes. wanted that played at his funeral. And mm-hmm. that bothered me. It, wow. it, it, it didn't sit well in me. I said, something's not right in that song. 
because I just, I could not get that attachment. I just, I, uh, I would try, but I couldn't. There was something about that song that didn't sit well within yeah. me. Yeah. So just, were you aware though of the concept that God had a, had a wife yeah. in heaven? So there was a heavenly mother, but. Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, the thought of that never sat well with me. Sure. I, I just never comprehended it. And then at dad's funeral, hearing that, it, it, it bothered me. It well, did. was your dad sealed to both wives? Yes. And that's probably why it bothered you. Yeah. Because <laughs> you realized yeah. he himself would yeah. supposedly go on to a polygamous life, which he was well aware of, right? In the next yeah. Life. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. And I'm so, not positive, but I think we must be kind of close to time and we're only partway through your story. So <laughs> I, obviously we need to do a part two, Adam, because yeah, at this yeah. point, all, there's a little bit of trouble, but all is yeah. well in Zion for the most part. You're raising this yeah. happy LDS family. You've got three yeah. kids. Yeah. So, yeah. So how about if we come back and do a part two so you can continue the story? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> the one question, Joel, that I often get when people are considering coming to Christ out of Mormonism is what happens to my dad, right? Yeah. And so what happens to my LDS dad who died yeah. without knowing Jesus? And so let's, let's actually start there next time, Joel. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good that's a good place. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you, Adam. Lynn. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Grace and peace to you, friends. Until Grace. next time. Yeah. So long. Thank you. See ya. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. You can find show notes and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. We have an exciting announcement. Michael Wilder's new book, Passport to Heaven, is out, and for a donation of $20 or more to the podcast, we'll send it to you. It's the true story of a zealous Mormon missionary who discovers the Jesus he never knew. Just go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the Micah's Book button to get yours. We appreciate your support of the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.